This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Well, it's so wonderful that we have such a sociable bunch here this morning. I'm really sorry to have to cut across your conversations and bring you back to force you to listen to me. I know you'd probably much rather continue chatting, but uh, yeah, you, we'll have plenty of time at the end, I think, to, to get back to it. So, uh, hello. That's written down here. Hello, it's great to be with you this morning as we continue our series, Faithful Living, uh, looking through the book of Daniel. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name's Ali, um, and yeah, I'm just on the team here. Uh, so it's been, yeah, it's been pretty clear over the last few weeks, as, we'll, as we've heard from, who we heard from Stephen and Ash and Fiona, uh, through the book of Daniel, that there's a repeated theme um, of how Daniel and his friends set an example of serving God. Story after story, we've explored how our sovereign God overrules evil and strengthens his people to overcome faithfully. I kicked off uh, this series uh, just at the start of last month when we were meeting in Dunblane uh, with a look at Daniel's faithfulness in the face of cultural pressure. The stand that he made and the wisdom that he displayed impressed the king in chapter one. And then Stephen brought us uh, chapter two. Uh, It was the first of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams where he asked uh, the impossible of those who worked for him by getting them to tell him what his dream meant only he didn't actually tell him what happened in the dream. It's pretty crazy, right? So <laughs> Daniel prayed, and God revealed the dream and, and its meaning, um, and that basically it would mean that the, that the kingdoms of earth would rise up, but they would ultimately crumble, and God would humble the arrogant kings of the world. Two weeks ago, Ash brought a message about the fiery furnace and uh, how uh, we thought initially that King Nebuchadnezzar had understood the dream in chapter 2 and acknowledged that God is God um, and that he reigns over all. Uh, But uh, we see as it transpires that he forgot the whole point. He only remembered that there was some gold statue and and thought, oh, that's a great idea. I'll build one of those in my image. And we all know how the story goes. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into the fiery furnace. And the king sees four men walking around unbound, unharmed. Uh, He calls them out and praises God for saving them. and, And decrees that no one must speak a word against the God of heaven. So that is three weeks of sermons in two minutes. Uh, so we're all caught up. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we arrive in Daniel chapter four with the second of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. And we have yet another reminder to this proud and boastful king who really is in control. You'd have thought by now that King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians have got the message. But as it transpires, they need a couple more reminders. So we're going to read from Daniel um, chapter 4. And I thought, you know, you're going to be hearing quite a lot of my voice this morning. So who better to read the book of Daniel than someone called Daniel? So Daniel, would you like to come up and read to us uh, from Daniel chapter 4? The verses will appear on the screen as we go. Um, We're going to read the whole chapter. So strap yourself in. Uh, Yeah, take it away. Thanks. It is a long chapter, so if you get bored of my voice, feel free to come and, and take my place up here. I won't be offended. So Nebuchadnezzar's dream about a tree. 
King Nebuchadnezzar sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how powerful his wonders. His kingdom will last forever, his rule through all generations. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night, I had a dream that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling in all the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me that my dr- what my dream meant. When all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream, but they could not tell me what it meant. At last, Daniel came in before me, and I told him the dream. He was named Belshazzar after my God, and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said to him, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no, and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. While I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. Then as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, holy one, coming down from heaven. The messenger shouted, cut down the tree and lop off its branches. Shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Chase the wild animals from its shade and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump and the roots surrounded by tender grass. Now let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the wild animals among the plants of the field. For seven periods of time, let him have the mind of a wild animal instead of the mind of a human. For this has been decreed by the messengers, it is commanded by the holy ones, so that everyone may know that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest of people. Belshazzar, that was the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for none of these wise men of my kingdom can do so. But you can tell me, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Daniel explains the dream. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, was was overcome for a time, frightened by the meaning of the dream. Then the king said to him, Belshazzar, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. Belshazzar replied, I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my lord, and not to you. Do you want me to skip that bit? This is what the dream means, your majesty. And what the Most High has declared with, uh, will happen to my Lord, the King. You will be driven from human society. And you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow and you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way. Until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and roots of the tree were left in the ground. That, this means that you will receive your kingdom back again. When you have learned the heaven's rules, that heaven rules. King Nebuchadnezzar, please accept my advice. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break, your, break from your wicked past and be merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. The dream's fulfillment. 
But all these things did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He had, gra- he had grass like a cow and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. Nebuchadnezzar praises God. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. My sanity returned, and I praised and worshipped the Most High and honoured the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting, and his kingdom is eternal. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does as he pleases among the angels of heaven and among the people of the earth. No one can stop him or say to him, What do you mean by doing these things? When my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored as head of my kingdom, with even greater honor than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. All his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble the proud. Thank you, Dan. Amen. So... In the end, uh, we see Nebuchadnezzar going from being a man who demanded that everyone worship him and bow down uh, to a statue in his image to being a man who submitted his life uh, to God. Nebuchadnezzar's pilgrimage with God is is one of the main themes of this book, and you could even call it one of the most dramatic conversion stories of all time. In in Daniel chapter 2, verse 47, he acknowledged that God revealed mysteries to Daniel, In 328 and 29, he praised the God who rescued the three Hebrews. But despite Nebuchadnezzar's recognition that God exists and works great miracles, in in chapter 4, that we've just read, verse 30, we see that he still does not acknowledge God as his Lord. When he says, look at this great city of Babylon by my own mighty power. I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. At this point, Nebuchadnezzar's life looked pretty great, pretty successful. I mean, in terms of career progression, he's made it, hasn't he? He's he's at the top, and you can kind of understand why these biblical kings develop these uh, godlike tendencies when there's no more room uh, to grow. It makes me think, um, what might we consider the good life? You know, how do we define making it, or how do we uh, define success? So, I'm going to tell you a story, a story about a fresh-faced, childless, 20-something-year-old who had a taste of the top in the amateur cycling scene. (laughs) We're not talking about professional or Olympic levels here, so I've I've pulled together a few weed photos of my many successes. You know, I dedicated hours of time to training on, on the bike. I read countless books. Uh, about training methods, nutrition, having the champion's mindset. And when I wasn't cycling, I was thinking about cycling. 
I was poring over the data, analyzing my performance with my coach, and spending hours in the gym where every day was leg day. I'd even dropped a day in work so that I could have an extra day set aside for long rides. I rode and I rode thousands of miles, all in the pursuit of personal ambition. I worked hard and it, and it, it got me results. It started with minor placings in local races. Uh, but soon enough, I was traveling up and down the country, racking up points and winning trophies in national races and getting oh so close to two national titles, finishing fourth on both occasions. I'll never get over that. I was good. Like, I was really, really good. But it did come at a cost. I chose to spend all... Um, I, I chose to spend my time on my bike, often missing church to attend races. I thought that it was... You know, I thought it was all down to me. I thought my success was how, down to how hard I worked, how much effort I uh, put into it. But I did... I think I probably forgot that God is God and holds us all in his hands. I had a lot of fun, and it was great, it was, it was brilliant, but I quickly realized that it was only temporary. You know, nothing good lasts forever. On the day of my first race, of my third full season, I could barely turn the pedals. A whole winter's work, miles in the snow and rain, had gone in the blink of an eye. I had tendonitis in my knee, and it knocked me off the bike for months. I'm just finding my place. I'm not pausing because I'm about to cry. <laughs> so yeah, so I'd gone. So yeah, I'd gone from leading the pack to struggling to keep up. I don't know if it was God who humbled me, or if it was His way of saying it's time to it's time to come back and to stop playing around. But all that time off the bike definitely gave me space to reevaluate my priorities. Being injured is a humbling experience. Often there's nothing you can do except wait and let your body heal. I had, I had time now, and in place of my personal, perhaps selfish ambition, there was time to reevaluate my priorities. Uh, myself and Fiona, we, we were expecting Cooper at the time, and we were feeling a little bit unsettled in our church. But not having that personal ambition and that, that personal drive uh, gave, you know, gave us gave us opportunity to make significant moves for God as a family. A physical healing in reflection turned into spiritual healing, and it was the nudge that we needed to set the wheels in motion and led us to where we are today, at, at, at home in this wonderful family that we call Sir and Vineyard. So all of that to say, you can take that down now, all of that to say is uh, you can see how King Nebuchadnezzar got himself into this situation. He was considered one of the greatest Babylonian kings, he was a builder of cities. He had even been described in the Bible as one of the foreign rulers that God used for his purposes. And God clearly cared enough about him to give him warnings and multiple, and multiple chances. But one of the big lessons from this pagan king is that uncontrolled pride is self-destructive. God was using Nebuchadnezzar to give us a picture of what happens to humanity when we let pride take over and shift the focus to ourselves. Pride makes us think that we are more important than we actually are. And it's pride that causes us to take our eyes off God and onto ourselves. God's word says in Romans 12 verse 3, Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So hear me when I say this. Please hear me when I say this. Healthy self-esteem is important. 
many of us probably think too little of ourselves. But this verse implies that the key to an honest and accurate self-evaluation is knowing a bit, uh, the basis of our self-worth, our identity in Christ. Perhaps evaluating ourselves by worldly standards of success and achievement can cause us to think about our worth in the eyes of others and maybe miss the true value in God, our true value in God's eyes or miss an opportunity to, to serve him. So God warned Nebuchadnezzar about what was coming his way. Just worried there's a table there. There's like holes here. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, the Lord didn't just remove Nebuchadnezzar from power. God gave him a dream. He brought Daniel in to interpret the dream. Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar what was going to happen and how to avoid it. I mean, he could not be more clear about that. Daniel pleaded with the king in verse 27. He says, please, please accept my advice. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past and be merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you'll continue to prosper. Daniel gave him three things to do and said success would follow. Stop sinning. Stop singing. I said that last, last night when I was preparing as well. Stop sinning. Do what is right. Be merciful to the poor. Like a good preacher, he uses a three-point sermon to get home his message. So he presses home the application. Repent. Perhaps it's not too late. Nebuchadnezzar was not only counseled to stop sinning, but also to practice righteousness and generosity. Just as Jesus said in Matthew 22, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And love your what? Your neighbor as yourself. First, get your relationship right with God. Turn from sin, accept his righteousness, and then begin to do what is good to those around you. Isaiah 55, verse 7, puts it this way. Let the wicked one abandon his way, and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, so he may have compassion on on him and to our God for he will freely give freely forgive so from chapters one to four we see that Daniel and his friends they loved God they also knew that God loved and cared for them no matter where they were or what happened to them God gave Daniel and his friends good jobs and he gives us many good things in life careers talents sports family and friends you know, the list goes on. But idols aren't just gold statues. Any good thing can become an idol when we, stop, when we start to love it more than we love God. But with God's help, we can have the courage to choose him over anything, to worship him no matter what. He will protect our hearts just like he protected Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in, as we've read over the last few weeks. So I thought, just as we come to close, that we could spend some time reflecting on this uh, as we move into a time of communion. So why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, I come before you now in humility and ask you to examine my heart today. Show me anything that's not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion or unforgiveness that we may hold.
and that we're getting in the way of our relationship with you. I know that I am your beloved child having received you into my heart and having accepted your death as penalty for my sinfulness. The price you paid covered me for all time and my desire is to live for you. Lord, I want to recommit my life to you, my heart to you, my thoughts and everything I have to you. Lord, fill me with your spirit today. Lord, as we leave, would you help us to hold on to the words of Daniel, to stop sinning, to practice righteousness and generosity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.